are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Good morning, folks. I guess it would be appropriate to say Happy New Year, right? We're already into our new year. Well, this morning I want to kind of conclude something we started and something that I think will help us launch into the new year. And that is, I want to talk about the reality of joyful anticipation. And you're like, well, that was our Christmas theme. No, that is a lifestyle. It's not a Christmas theme. It's a lifestyle. And there's a reality that comes to joyfully anticipating what the Lord might have for us in a new coming year. Um, One of the things I really enjoy doing over the Christmas season each year is I love to write Christmas cards. And um, I know they've gone up in price and postage is expenses, but there's something not just nostalgic about it, there's something important to me about it. And... um, There's this anticipation that I just might hear back from some of the old acquaintances that I've had along my journey. And uh, writing the cards is an opportunity for me personally to pray for the individual that I'm sending the card to and, and their lives and their families, and also to remind them that they they have actually added value to my life. And I like to do that. I like to tell them that. And when uh, the Christmas season is over, uh, Pastor Greg and I take the cards that we've received from so many friends across the nations, send us cards and family members and old acquaintances, and we, and we pray for them. We pray for each of them and their families. And it's almost like when you're praying for them, it's almost like a prophetic blessing. And that's kind of what happens each year that we've done that. And this year, it it was really beautiful that the Lord would actually say, I want you to just, I want you to invest a little more time in in this person right now. Don't don't, don't quickly pass by this. Actually, open the card and read it again. Because in their card is actually a blessing to you. You see, and that's the beauty of sending cards is that there's this heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit exchange. And and, and it really is a blessing from their home to our home. And I really count that dear to my heart. And many of these folks, uh, actually those cards that we send out, they, uh, they weren't anticipating us to send them a card. But through email or a text, And several phone calls, actually, last week that came through. And I got to catch up with people that I haven't talked to for years. And just listen to their story and pray for them and encourage them in the Lord. And I just was like, that is so amazing, Lord, that we get to actually joyfully anticipate the blessing of blessing others. I like what Richard Foster describes in the reality of joyful anticipation. He said it's like this. Joy, not grit, is the hallmark of holy obedience. 
It is a cheerful revolt against self and pride. Utter abandonment to God is done freely and with celebration. And so I urge you to enjoy this ministry of self-surrender. The saints throughout the ages have witnessed this reality, joyful anticipation. You know, of course, that they're not speaking of a silly, superficial, bubbly kind of joy that is flaunted in modern society. No, this is a deep, resonant joy that has been shaped and tempered by the fires of suffering and sorrow. Joy through the cross. Joy because of the cross. I love that quote by Richard Foster. I want to take you this morning to the book of uh, Luke and the second chapter, and I want to look at verses 25 to to 35. And there was nothing very special about Simeon, the man we're going to talk about this morning, that would qualify him to take up the Christ child in his arms or bless him but holy joy and obedience. And to our knowledge, he was not an ordained religious leader. He had no credentials or special authority. Simeon was simply a just and devout man who had a close walk with the Holy Spirit. Simeon was a part of the faithful Jewish remnant that eagerly was looking for the Messiah. Actually, tradition presents Simeon as a very old man. They predict that he might have been at least 113 years old. But it is only tradition. His name means God hears. And this is an example of how God honors those who engage in a lifetime of quiet prayer, self-surrender, constant watchfulness. Simeon was a man who was led by the Holy Spirit. He was taught by the Word of God, was obedient to the will of God, and he joyfully anticipated the coming of the Messiah. Just because Christmas has left, it doesn't mean that the Messiah can't come to you every single day. Simeon teaches us how to be realistic as we joyfully anticipate how God will bring about his plans to pass in 2024. Go with me to verse 25 in chapter 2 in the book of Luke. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms And praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause falling and rising, the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. As we look upon these 10 verses, we see that Simony, 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 Simony Cricket, Simeon teaches how to be realistic as we joyfully anticipate how God will bring his plans to pass in our lives in 2024. He practiced four behaviors that I see in these 10 verses. Four behaviors that allowed him to be realistic as he joyfully anticipated God to bring about his plans in his life. And that was the coming of the Messiah. Behavior number one is that Simeon waited. We see that in verse 25. He lived in the temple and he wrestled for many years. And he longed for the consolation of Israel. He wanted Israel to be delivered, restored, and comforted from the oppression that they were experiencing from Rome. He hoped that the Messiah would come and comfort his people from the social, political, and the economical oppression they were experiencing. Simeon was a man of great patience, a patient faith. Yet his wait for the Messiah must have seemed endless to him. Even the faithful can be surprised by the way God brings his plan to pass. And just because he chooses to bring his plans into your life in a different means, a different way, a different method, a different time schedule than you had predicted, it didn't mean you weren't faithful. It means he did it differently. Isn't that good? Yeah, I came up with that one on my own. I like that one. There is a value to the seasons of waiting. Some of you have been waiting for breakthroughs. Some of you have been waiting for healing. Some of you have been waiting for loved ones to be reconciled to the Lord. Some have been waiting for things that God has spoken to your heart that would launch you into the kingdom of God in a definite manner, in a different way, and a greater impact. Some of you have longed to stop being idle in the spirit and move in a way in the spirit that brings about new abundant life that was even talked about this morning. So God is ready for you in this season that you've been waiting. He's been preparing your heart. 
He's been enlarging your capacity. He's been enlarging your faith. He's been enlarging your idea and your understanding and revelation of who he is as your God and the capacity, capability that he has to actually move in your life in a way that he promised. Did you hear what I said? In a way that you understand that he promised. He's spoken. He's made you aware through the word. He's made you aware through prayer. He's made you aware in the seasons of waiting in the spirit. He's made you aware as you worshiped here, perhaps even this morning, he might have awakened something in you that was in a state of slumber and he came by his spirit. He woke you up. He opened your spiritual eyes. He opened your ears and he said, I am here now. That's what was happening that morning. He was still, he was still waiting. It was the Holy Spirit who prompted him. He didn't prompt himself. And I think, oh, I like that, Lord. That really helps me in the season of waiting. To understand that the Holy Spirit is more than capable of awakening that place that's in slumber or that place that is in longing or that place that is in pain or sorrow or frustration or that place of wonderment. It's not always a negative thing. That waiting is a time schedule that's on the Lord's heart, not on our clock. You see, we wind that clock, or the clock is reset in the change of the season. But God's clock doesn't change. God is forever thinking about what he's promised. And I think we, we need to understand that in the seasons of waiting. There is a value to the seasons of waiting because it births a deeper devotion and it breaks through what we talked about early in the Christmas season. It breaks through the silence. God can allow the waiting to, and we can allow, excuse me, we allow the waiting to rob us Sometimes the waiting can deceive us into who we perceive the character of God to be rather than who he is actually being in the waiting. And it can be frustrating. We can allow our desperateness in the waiting to begin to stimulate new faith, stimulate new hope, stimulate new joy, stimulate an imagination that God's given us and a creativity that he's given us and a, the abilities where he, we sang about it this morning where the Holy Spirit begins to breathe on our skill set, our talents, our giftings and the word of God that perhaps lay dormant in our spirits for some time. I'm anticipating with joy this season that as I wait on the Lord, as I wait in the spirit of the Lord, as I wait in worship, that God will begin to breathe afresh upon the word of God. He's revealed to my heart. I pray that for you as well.
It's my heart for you. Another behavior is Simeon waited. Of course he waited. We know he did because we read the story and we see how the Christ child entered into the temple. But Simeon wondered as well. He wondered. And we see in the verses here, verses 26 to 27, we see here how he wondered and what was happening when he was wondering. And, and it says, it, it had been revealed to him. He was wondering. He was pondering. He was praying. He was thinking. He was asking. He was purposely pressing into God. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. There are many things that I want to experience. There are many things that I believe God spoke into my heart that I'm going to see before I die. Now, they may not be in the way that I've imagined them. And if you actually get in this head, this is a wild and crazy imagination at times. You're laughing at me, but I'm going to laugh at you. <laughs> It goes both ways, right? And, and these verses are considered right here, these verses where the Holy Spirit reveals to him that something is going to hold him steady, that he's not, he can wait. He doesn't have to panic. He doesn't have to worry. He doesn't have to stress about when his life is going to end because he'll know when his life is going to end because there's going to be a fulfillment of the scriptures. There's going to be a prophetic fulfillment and there's going to be an actual baby that he is going to witness. He's going to see the Christ child. And he will not see death until he sees the Messiah. And no matter, I look at that and I love that because I wonder often, because once I hit, here, here's what I learned about the body of Christ. Once you hit a certain age, you're too old to do anything. Once you hit, no, 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 listen. I remember going to leadership conferences when I was 40. And uh, I remember going to a Maxwell con conference. And it, it actually was at his house. And at 40, they were saying to you, well, you're not quite mature yet. You need some more time. I'm like, what do you mean I need some more time? I've got the energy now. I want to get going. Then I turned 50. I had a little bit more gray hair. I still wasn't considered wise enough to make major decisions. But at least some wisdom to lead some things. But now... I was being told, well, you need to start preparing to hand things off to the next generation. I'm like, wait, wait a second. What happened from 40 to 50? I just got here. It took me 10 years of learning and encouragement. Then at, in, I was uh, about to turn 60, and I still wasn't finished seminary. I was one of the oldest people in seminary. And they would sit and say, Pastor James, what do you think about this? I was like, this is new. I don't know what I think about this. When I was 40, I thought I knew everything. Now I'm 60, and I'm like, I really don't know about this. 
I'm going to have to think about this and pray about this and research this. No, what do you think right now? And I would share what I thought right now. And the younger ones would say, that's really insightful. And I would get in my car and go, ha! finally at 60. <laughs> Something insightful happened. Simeon was an old man. We don't really know how old he was. Can I tell you that if you've been waiting and if you're willing to wonder, it doesn't matter how old you are. It can start today. It started the moment the Christ child walked in the temple. He knew what he had heard. He knew what God had promised. He knew what he believed. He knew it was to come to pass. And finally, the Christ child is before him. I'm saying to you, no matter what age you are today, when the Holy Spirit chooses to fall on you and to fill you up, you get ready because he's ready to use you no matter how old you are. Whether you turn 60 this year, Oops, I know somebody who has. 70 this year? Or 80? Or 90? God wants to use you. He wants to place the spirit of the living God upon you. Don't allow people to put their limitations upon you. Walk in the call. Walk in the promise. Walk in the revelation that you've been granted and watch him unfold what he has for you. It doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter how spiritual people might think you are. The Holy Spirit can rest upon you, breathe upon you, and ignite something afresh in you right now, sitting here in this congregation today. Not when you go home, today. The Holy Spirit was up upon him. How did he know that? How did he know that the Holy Spirit was on? Did he have little, little goosebumps all over himself? I don't think so. I think he moved in the Spirit day after day. I, I believe he cultivated an awareness of the Holy Spirit in his life. I think he cultivated through his time of prayer, his time of worship, his time of waiting, his time of crying out for Israel's deliverance, he actually cultivated an awareness of God's holy presence. Folks, we are in dire need to be people who walk in the fullness of the presence of God. You want an awareness, you want an awakening, then ask God to help you cultivate in your life the presence of God. That's what he did. That's what he did. And the Holy Spirit was on him, and he exercised his faith, his belief, his trust in the Holy Spirit's ability to minister and speak in and through him. There had been many babies that had to come to the temple because it was a regulation, it was a law that the firstborn child had to be brought before the temple to be dedicated and consecrated unto the Lord as holy. This was not Simeon's only child that came 
after 80 years of serving God. Every, he was meeting babies all the time. Do you understand that? This was not just this divine occurrence. He had seen many firstborn children. How would he know that this was the one indeed that was the Christ child? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And how do you know? How do you know when the Spirit of God is moving on your life? How do you know that the Spirit of God is prompting you? How do you know that it is indeed God who's speaking to your heart? Because there's something that happens in your heart. There's this awareness. There's this awakening. There's this realization. There's a revelation. And the Word is clear when it's God. God is not a confusing or chaos, chaotic God. He speaks clearly. He's precise with you. God's not about trying to confuse your life and kind of hanging little carrots in front of you saying, over here. Oh, excuse me, you missed that one. Over here. No, 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 that's not God. That's the enemy. When God speaks, he's clear. When God is asking the Holy Spirit to prompt you to move you in a direction, he knows how to get your attention. Why? He knows your personality. And he ministers to you, and he doesn't apologize because he made you a certain way, and you might just be a little hard of hearing. Thank you. <laughs> Work with me. Come on. It's, and, and maybe perhaps you're a little more apprehensive. He doesn't want you to apologize. He understands why you're more apprehensive. He also knows your level of brokenness. Can I tell you that? God understands your brokenness. And he knows that in the moment of brokenness that people's hearts are wounded, and that people's hearing is off because they hear it through a broken filter. And he comes to you at that time, and he, and he actually in that moment, he's prompting you, even in the midst of brokenness, he, he clears it for you to understand. This is me. I'm in this. Move forward. And sometimes it's in small ways. This was a big deal. Do you think he hadn't gone to the outer courts of that temple every day? But it specifically says, the Holy Spirit prompted him. You may think because you're going about your life every day and you're going to the same places, you're filling your gas tank up at the same gas place. You're going to work to the same place every day. You come home to the same home. You think that God can't meet you afresh in that place just because you're there every day? I want to tell you he wants to meet you afresh. And I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is more than capable of prompting you. He's going to lead you in the normal places that you live, in the normal places that you enjoy, in the normal places that you do life in, that's where the Holy Spirit prompts us. 
This Christmas, I had the opportunity to watch the Christian movie, I Can Only Imagine. Have any of you seen that movie? It's worthwhile seeing. It's really beautifully done. I think I've, I saw it years ago, but it was surely nice to see it again. And uh, Bart Miller, he grew up in Greenville, Texas, and he was suffering from physical, emotional abuse at the bands of his father, Arthur. And when his father, Arthur, becomes terminally ill, he finds redemption by embracing his faith and rediscovering his love for his son, Bart. And years later, Bart's troubled childhood and, and mended relationship with his dad inspired him to write the hit song, I Can Only Imagine. And as a singer uh, of the Christian band, Mercy Me, they, they, they've done excellently as they move forward from that day when that song became a hit. And when I was watching that um, movie, there was a, a scene in the movie where the young man was reliving all the negative things his father had spoken to him, the crushing things, and how the father was so hateful because he so hated himself, he was so hateful and despised his son. And any time that his son tried to venture out in a new realm, the father would cut him down so quickly. And the father would uh, just immobilize him by sarcasm and by saying, that dream, you're always imagining, and your imagination is not going to get you anywhere. Do what you know you can do and stick with that because you're not that talented. Can you imagine somebody actually saying that? Well, he did. And that haunted the kid. That haunted Bart for all his life. And he became a very angry individual. And one day the Holy Spirit prompted him. Prompted him to take out a book. It was a journal that he begun when he was a young boy, 10 years old, when he went to summer camp. His mother sent him off to a Christian summer camp, and then his mother left him when he got home. And he wrote in the journal all these pages. Imagine this. Imagine that. Dream this. Dream that. If I could only imagine. He went back to that book, and he started, the Holy Spirit prompted him to take the journal out, and he kept going page after page. And on it was, I can only imagine. Imagine if God did this. Imagine if my mom was this. Imagine if my father was this. Imagine if I didn't live this way. And he was no longer living that way. And what he had imagined became his reality. And he took those that saying, I can only imagine, that the Holy Spirit prompted him to read in his journal, and he wrote one of the greatest songs in Christendom, I can only imagine. I want to encourage you that no matter what your age, your physical condition, your current lifestyle, your status in life, the Holy Spirit wants to prompt you intentionally to wonder, to imagine, and to dream. Because he wants you to have impact. He wants you to have impact 
in the kingdom of God. We see here behavior number three that Simeon witnessed. We see that in verses uh, 28 to 30. I like this quote. Simeon saw God's salvation, not because he happened to live at the right moment in history, but because his devotion and the work of the Spirit in him had led him to understand that God's hand was at work in Jesus. I love that quote. He boldly confirmed that he indeed was the Christ child. Simeon acknowledges the fulfillment that the sovereign Lord's promise has now been fulfilled, and he testifies that his own life has purpose. And now that because his life had purpose, and actually he got to usher in the dedication and consecration of the Christ child, he was ready to depart. He was ready. His life had had been very fulfilled in the things of the Lord. And he sees right before him God's salvation plan put into action in the moment that he takes him in his arm. And he realizes that the wonder and and the waiting and the, 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 the hope that God would bring deliverance, rescue, liberation, and release and uh, to the Israelites and the Gentiles, that now this child was a light that would bring light to the Gentiles and glory to the people of God. And Mary and Joseph, they witness this prophetic declaration. They witness this beautiful moment of worship, and they marvel, they wonder, they admire all that is said about their son. We see in verses 29 and 35 that not only did he actually had an opportunity to wait and wonder and witness, but all of a sudden this witness of the Christ child leads him into this beautiful moment of worship. And that's the amazing thing about 2024, that as we wait, as we wonder the possibilities of what God can do through the prompting of the Spirit of God in our own personal life, and as we witness the glory of God, as we witness an increase of light in our own lives, a greater revelation from the Word of God, a greater revelation of the Spirit of God, and a greater revelation of the love of Jesus Christ, He was holding the salvation package called the Christ child in his arms. He knew that salvation had been brought to all mankind. And he begins to worship the Lord. Simeon worshiped. And these verses are actually considered a a hymn, a worship hymn, a salvation hymn. And he blesses God for keeping his promise by sending the Messiah. And his heart's desire is fulfilled and he's ready to be dismissed. He joyfully praises God that he's had the privilege to see Christ. And when God puts Christ afresh in your heart, when Christ, you're allowed to embrace him in a new way this year, don't so easily push him away because it's going to demand something new of you. It's going to demand a new transition. The minute you hold, the minute you allow the Christ child to consume your heart, to embrace your spirit, you are in the midst of a new transition in your life. How do I know that? 
he says, it's time for me to depart. And he has new transitions for each one of us as we embark upon embracing the Christ child, Jesus Christ, in a whole new way in 2024. Simeon sees this great salvation and glorifies God. We see that his worship really begins and then he begins to prophesy. The Holy Spirit prompts him, leads him into the temple. The transition occurs as he sees the Christ child. He knows now that his promise has been fulfilled to him and life is going to take on a new, a new I, I'm going to have a new lifestyle. I'm going to prepare myself. But just as he's thinking those things, the Spirit of God comes and falls afresh upon him and he begins to prophetically utter and he says, Sovereign God, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, and, and, and which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Then he moves from the worship into the prophetic. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many, Israel, many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a reward will, and a sword, excuse me, and a sword will pierce your heart own soul too. And so he begins to move from worship and the gifts of the Spirit are touched in his life and he prophesies and he says the stone, the Messiah would be rejected, a rejected cornerstone and the nation of Israel would stumble over that stone. They would not understand that he was called to be their rock. The sign and the word sign in the Greek here actually means a miracle. This is not so much a demonstration of power, but the re revelation of divine truth in the moment. Boy, are we in a culture and society that requires the divine truth of revelation in this moment, in this hour. And then the sword, the image of the sword was for Mary alone, and it spoke of the suffering and the sorrow that she would bear as the mother of the Messiah. The Greek word for sword here, it actually means a large sword such as Goliath used. What a picture. He's nine foot something, right? That was a big sword. And the word pierce means to constantly keep on piercing. So here she is in this moment of dedicating, consecrating her son, and all of a sudden this prophetic utterance comes. And it's a word that's based on the salvation plan of God, and yet through the goodness of God, all mankind would be forgiven, set free, liberated, and saved. Yet in the midst of this one woman's heart would be pain, ongoing pain. 
yet salvation would come through that pain. You see, when we wait, when we wonder, when we witness, and when we worship, our pain will turn into life often for other individuals because we minister from the prompting of the Spirit of God and the embrace of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and for this time we've had in your word. And we thank you, Lord, that we can be realistic as we joyfully anticipate how you're planning to unfold what you have for us in 2024. And Lord, we pray that as we wait this year, we wonder, we witness, and we worship you, our Lord, that you will bring about those plans that you have preordained and promised for us. We ask that this would be a year where we are intentionally led by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us in, it, you would prompt us, lead us, guide us, fall afresh on us as you lead us into those familiar places that we don't expect you to do what you're about to do. We praise you and we worship you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a time of ministry here, and so if you'd like to have a time of prayer or encouragement, please come forward and our ministry team will gladly uh, reach out to you and bless you. Have a great day and remember this, you can, you can be realistic about the joyful anticipation God has placed in your heart. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.